Welcome back to the DJ Sessions, where we feature the best DJs and producers from around the world. I'm your host, Darren, and right now we're sitting in the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington, with none other than Roxanne coming in all the way from L.A. in her virtual studio. Roxanne, how's it going this evening? Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. It's been a while since we last saw each other. You were up here, I, I believe, in 18, 2018, doing a show yeah. with Pop Records and uh, had a great time hanging out with you then. Uh, you came right. by, you did a set in the studio. Monty still talks about it to this day and, and about hanging out with you afterwards and all that fun stuff. But, um, you know, it's been a while since we've seen you up here in Seattle. What have you been up to? What's been going on? Oh, man. Um, well, you know, kind of the same as everybody living through this pandemic and making the best of it. Uh, DJing here and there online on some different streams. Uh, playing here in town at Respect in LA because they've been doing um, a, a Twitch stream, like a live sort of dinner and sit down dinner and watch a DJ live. So the, they're doing it at the club where they normally do Respect, but the club has a patio area that's quite large. So they have big um, widescreen TVs outside and the DJs that are playing play inside of the club in the DJ booth and it's projected outside. So everybody can sit down, have dinner, and watch the DJs who are actually there, but not, yeah. <laughs> are, there, are there cabanas in that outside area? Um, I mean, there's like booths. Yes, I think, yes. I think I've been there. So do you walk in the front doors and there's like a bar to your right, and then there's a main stage, main yes. floor to your yes. right. There's VIP booths that kind of tear up around it. Yes. And there's yeah, a there's bar a, in the middle, like the dance floor is in the middle, but there's a bar in the middle and then you can go around behind the DJ booth and go outside. Oh, I think you, I wonder if you're thinking of the the other place that they used to do it. It's when you walk in, the, the bar's on the right. There's a huge dance floor. There's a DJ booth that's sort of up and like the DJ is above the crowd. And then um, you can walk out the outside door and there's a huge patio outside. Yeah, I think I've there's been there one before. Bar. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. LA clubs. There's so many. It was, it was a while. It was like six, seven years ago. <laughs> Anyways. Maybe it, was it was probably at the other place, I think. Okay. Cause they haven't been at their, um, it's called station 1640. They haven't been there that long. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, how you're keeping busy and everything, but mm -hmm. let's talk about a little bit about your history of how you got into music. You started at the age of 15. And you were awarded a scholarship, correct me if I'm right, a scholarship yeah. at the Dillard School of Performing Arts? Yeah, um, I used to be a guitar player. And I mean, I've just kind of grew up super into music. I kind of played any, like anything you put in front of me, I'd be like, oh, I want to learn that. <laughs> but I sort of gravitated to guitar was like my thing. And um, I was really good at hearing anything and being able to play it. I, I couldn't read music, but I could emulate anything I heard. I could learn it pretty quickly. And so um, I went and auditioned at the school and they were pretty impressed with the fact that I could do that. And we're like, well, I guess you can learn to read music because that's kind of a thing you have to be able to do. Um, so I did that for a little while, only a year. And then school and other things, I was really young, you know? Um, so I had to kind of drop that, but I still kept playing. I played with local bands. I'm from Florida. Um, you know, kind of did the like punk and metal thing for many, many years. And then eventually got into hip hop and electronic music, which led me to DJing. Yeah, I was going to say that that 
going from you know an acoustical you know version into drum and bass, which is primarily, I mean, you can do drum and bass on drums and, and bass guitar, I guess, if you really yeah. wanted to accomplish it that way. But I mean, it, it's technically known as an electronic music form. And right. did you start diving into the actual tools to to make drum bass, like synthesizers and samplers and and that kind of equipment as well? That didn't come till much later. Um, I mean, when I started DJing, like specifically when I started playing drum and bass and like electronic music, um, I would say like scene, the scene, at least in this country, in America, was very different. I feel like it's sort of flipped. Like in the 90s, mid 90s, late 90s, you would get gigs based on how you were as a DJ. It didn't matter if you were a producer. So it was all about being a good DJ and sort of like putting yourself out there and networking with other other promoters and other DJs around the country. Like that's how I got gigs. I literally mailed mixtapes to people and mix CDs and like went to the store and put all my mix CDs and, and tapes on consignment and sold them that way. And sort of like, you just had to do this like super hustle to network with people. And you're talking to people on AIM and ICQ and all these things that existed you know then before Instagram and Twitter it's kind of weird I feel like a dinosaur saying that but (laughs) um but yeah so it was it was different at that time where it's I didn't quite get into the production thing until I had already been DJing for I don't know it must have been maybe six years or so and then when I moved out to California then that's when I started getting into doing production and and was that just primarily in drum and bass or do you explore into other genres as well? Um, at first it was, but I kind of like would have my fun just like making house music and doing like random bootlegs of Depeche Mode songs and shit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> any, any collaborations that you have that stick out in your mind or, or that, you know, that just that you worked um, with in the past? I had, I had, yeah, I've had some collaborations with Assassin, who was a really big um, American drum and bass DJ back in the in those days. Um, I've had a couple of collaborations with Atlantic Connection. Um, I really love working with him. For some reason, we just like gel really well together in studio. Um, we have a drum and bass track that came out in 2018, um, and we've also done like sort of breaky house music together. We've kind of done all kinds of stuff. And if you had any any producer that you could like dream producer you could work with, who would that be? Uh oh. Oh. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, did I lose you there for a second? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just, I, I can edit. We can always edit that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I, I had asked the question. I said, if you had any producer that you could like at the top of your list that you would want to collaborate with, who would that be? Oh, I mean. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I kind of like, I don't know that I idolize any producer in that way. I'm just sort of happy to make music with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter what their um, status is as a producer or DJ. Um, I happen to be friends with a lot of really big producers and DJs just sort of being part of this world, right? Like we're all, it's a very small community, even though 
it might seem big on the outside within the DJs and like producers, we're all like known each other. We've all known each other for a really long time. So I'm like, I love working with any of them and all of them. Awesome. Uh, any current projects you're working on right now or, or any, anything you can talk about? Um, no, um, I will be doing a new mix tape CD situation soon. Um, it's just hard. I'm very busy. <laughs> I have yeah. like a, I'm like outside of DJing. I'm a forensic anthropologist. I'm an archeologist and it's, yeah, that takes up a lot of my time. <laughs> I want to actually tell you about that because like, congratulations. I saw you just graduated. I did. And, and <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I was doing a little research in here. It wasn't a uh, overnight kind of thing. It took a few years. Yep. Um, you know, <laughs> hey, I, I'm working, I get it. I've, I have over 230 credits and I just applied for one of my degrees to finally mm -hmm. finish it up and get that piece of paper. So yeah, I know nice. how it goes to take time. And that's a yeah. journey that was going on from 2001 to 2018, you yeah, know? Well, yeah. So, um, I know how that goes, but yeah. congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, what, what drove you to go into forensic anthropology? Um, I, I've always found it really fascinating. I like solving puzzles. I'm very like fascinated with true crime. And I mean, like most people are right. Um, and I, you know, like a lot of people, I suppose, I can't really speak for anybody else, but um, I kind of was like tired of working regular jobs and wasn't happy in what I was doing. And I just wanted to do something that was a little more meaningful, not just to me, but to the community and to others, you know? Um, and as a forensic anthropologist, so I study the dead who are unidentifiable to help un identify them, to give closure to them, their families, etc. So um, yeah, it just really, I, I just had that goal in mind when I went back to school and I didn't stop until I got there <laughs> mm -hmm. 10 years later. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm working full-time as an archeologist and I work part-time um, as an intern at the coroner's office here in LA. Does that, does that ever, when you go to like your job at the coroner's office and you're working mm -hmm. and they're like, so what are your hobbies? You're like, oh, I'm a DJ that plays around the world. You know, did all the school <laughs> stuff. They're like, whoa, it's like kind of crazy. Like, uh, Sometimes, like, it's funny, because when I am at the coroner's office, um, I always bring, like, my Bluetooth speaker, and, like, we listen to music, because it's like, you kind of have to, like, music is important, right? Music brings light into any situation, and that's a really dark sort of environment, obviously, because you're dealing with the dead, and so, you know, to kind of get us through it, and you know, sort of make your work day go a little better. Um, yeah, we listen to music and I'm always the one who's DJing. I'm always the one playing my playlist. And, the <laughs> and if, if it wasn't your playlist, um, are there any other podcasts or radio shows you listen to? If you could pick the top three, do you have like top three of your go-to? <laughs> the podcasts that are my top three are like murder podcasts. <laughs> I heard there's a good genre for that. There's a huge rise in, in the, that murder yeah. mystery podcast genre. I yeah. saw that in the boom of last year when everyone was jumping online. They said, you know, podcasts doubled, if not tripled in production last year. Right. Same with online live streaming. We'll talk about that in a little bit here. Right. But um, that murder genre is, yeah, it's, it's kind of a big one. It's huge now. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, my favorite one is my favorite murder. That's the one I listen to on the regular. Um, as far as like other podcasts or streams, I listen to Paul all the time, El Hornet from Pendulum. 
um he's a good friend and he has a great twitch stream i like his stream because it's he sort of will just kind of play whatever he feels he'll play vinyl he always plays a ton of vinyl he'll play drum and bass one second he'll play happy hardcore the next he'll play indie rock the next second like he's a really versatile sort of you know I don't know, musically educated guy, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but um, yeah. So I really enjoy listening to um, his stream. And if I miss it, then I just, he puts it up as a podcast. So I'll just go back and listen to it. Um, who else on Twitch? Marky, DJ Marky, so much fun. Love that guy. He's a lot of fun to watch. And I actually just watched him do a golden era hip hop set the other day. That was amazing. Um, craze is another one. Oh, and another Great. person who I discovered who I think is unbelievable is gutta I don't know if you know who he is. He just Gutta. became a Twitch partner. Um, okay. He's a drum and bass guy. He's from England. And the dude is like, he's amazing. He just does the most incredible Twitch streams. He's just got all this energy. He's a great DJ. He's, he always does these like themes, like he did one where he had really long hair and he did one where he did a fundraiser for um, kids with cancer who needed wigs and he chopped all his hair off. It was like down to his waist. He shaved his head <laughs> on his stream <laughs> and they did this fundraise. He, they raised thousands of dollars. It was great. And so yeah, he shaved his head. And then he did a stream for like 48 hours or 72. I don't know. He didn't sleep for like three days just streaming. The guy's like a machine. I don't know. Anyway, he's great. Go watch it's him. Like, so two <laughs> things I want to touch on there. One on the philanthropy side of things and then other on the other side. There was a, before all this um, happened years ago, I wanted to do a hundred DJs in a hundred hours. And ah. each DJ would come and play for an hour. Mm-hmm. And this is, I was going to be the producer of the show. And what we had to do for me, though, is I had to set up a cot in front of the DJ booth. And that's the only place I could sleep. So if I had to take a nap, I had to sleep during the shows. I could sleep in front of the DJ booth. And that would be on camera. You'd have the Darren cam. Like, that's the show's going on. It would be like a a five, four day thing. Almost like a, yeah. So uh, it didn't happen. Although now I figured out the technology to actually complete the whole thing in less than 20 hours. Um, oh, okay. we, use, we use silent disco technology and I can film four DJs playing at the same event oh. on different channels and then stream those channels live. Um, oh, okay. yeah. And I actually just oh. got seven channel headsets. So now I could have seven DJs playing live in the same venue at the same time, streaming all seven channels live. And oh. when, um, so if you're, let's say you're playing on the red channel at the event and mm-hmm. somebody at the event says, I'm listening to this right now, go watch it online. Your friends okay. at home and says, Hey, I'm watching the red channel, but I'm going to go click on the blue channel and listen to that. Then oh, they can okay. send a message back to you, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, wherever, yeah. saying, check out the blue channel. Now you're at the person at the event listening. They go and chop into the blue channel. You're having this cool round trip experience online where the audience is almost part of the performance by suggesting what to watch live online. And nobody else in the world is doing anything like that whatsoever. Now my secret's out of the box. Don't steal my ideas, people. But uh, <laughs> well, you have to kind of merge a few different technologies in order to do that. And, you know, you, bandwidth for streaming seven stages and one location is usually a major problem. Um, right. But we figured that one out too. But uh, anyways, yeah, um, I wanted to just touch on that because that sounds really awesome about that marathon kind of streaming that we're seeing happen now especially when it comes to fundraising 
And again, yeah. doing a little research on you um, pre-show, uh, you were recently working with some of your local food banks. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, at the beginning of the pandemic, when everything first shut down, uh, there was the food banks were in desperate need. There was twice, three times, four times as many people. Every week it got worse and worse and worse. Um, and a friend of mine named Roger, Roger Zhao, he is very active with um, volunteering with homeless community things food banks, all these things. And he called me one day. Um, I was probably at the end of March. So we had just shut down. We'd only been shut down for a few weeks. I had lost my job at the time. This was before I graduated. I was bartending. Um, he was like, hey, um, I know you're probably out of work. And, you know, do you want to come DJ at the food bank? <laughs> and I was Just for the volunteers, not for the people out in the line, because obviously we can't do that. Um, and he's like, you know, it's, it's kind of rough, you know, we're trying, we're all working really hard. They have to be there at 6 a.m. Even before that, some of them get there at 3 a.m. to get everything ready to feed, you know, to get these boxes together for people. And he was like, you know, you would play like four hour set, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Or, or longer, you know. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything else. Why not? <laughs> so I started doing that and it became a regular thing where I was doing it all the time. Um, not every single weekend, but I did it every weekend for about a month. And then we got some other DJs involved and it sort of became a thing where DJs would donate their time to come and play for the, uh, for all the volunteers. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it was a great thing. And then after a bit of time, it had been almost a year, I guess, um, the council members and Congress, they got together and put together awards for all the people who volunteered at, like the main people who ran the food bank and myself and like the main volunteers that were always there. So we all got certificates from Congress, basically awarding us for volunteering during the pandemic. It was cool. Awesome. <laughs> it was nice and unexpected. <laughs> no, I, 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 I live down in the heart of downtown Seattle and there, there are a lot of homeless people down here. And, yeah. you know, there's always, they're panhandling. And I actually, um, my nonprofit charitable organization, uh, I've named the local food bank that's the closest to where I live as the recipient, if we ever dissolve or if we ever go out and right. say, we want to get oh. back. So those are essential services. You know, yeah, they're huge and, and a lot of people do need them. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of, I mean, I won't lie. There were times in my life where I had to go to food banks, you know, and, and there. there and, and, you know, be in that kind of area. And it's, it's rough. You're, you're in a struggle and you need help. And the cool thing yeah. is that those kind of services are there. And the one thing that, you know, I've told people about my story, my success story, and I've even told them to go get help. One thing is people get a lot of pride because they don't want to feel, they feel like, oh, I've let myself down. I let my friends down. I didn't get my dreams. And really I found that it was, once I got over that, it became a very uplifting experience that I knew that that was there, right. you know, that something was there that could help be of support, uh, the right. other resources that they can provide there yeah. um, to, to people. It's just a really huge benefit that I, I really do support food banks as much as I can in the way I think. So when I saw that, I was kind of like, oh, that's really cool. And I was wondering if maybe you'd done like a Twitch live stream fundraiser or anything you or know, thought about something like I that. Really want, I really wanted to do that. I So um, they're going to be winding down the efforts. I mean, there's still going to be a food bank there, but mm -hmm. because 
everything's essentially gone back to normal here for the most part. And obviously in the next two weeks, I think our governor announced that there will be no more mandates. We're just back to normal. Um, yeah. I think masks maybe, but the, everything else is back to normal. Um, so the food bank um, is sort of going to dial back the amount of food that they're preparing to give out because the lines are getting shorter, which is great. Things are getting better. Mm -hmm. People are going back to work. You know, things aren't a hundred percent, but things are getting better. So um, I'll be doing my last DJ session there, at least for a long time on the 19th. I was on your Twitter earlier today and I saw you post something on your Twitter about uh, from, a, it was post of retweet from Rob Thomas. And it says, sick of people asking if I got crypto, I haven't gotten the actual cash. I'm not about to start messing with make-believe goth money. He's and, not you know, wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a question to find out what do artists invest in you know um because success doesn't necessarily last forever you aren't always going to be on tour forever you aren't going to i mean carl's still out there doing it um you know and, and the what is the age what is the retirement age for a dj has that really happened yet could you just keep going and going and going forever and if you didn't what would somebody invest in to make sure they that their financial financial uh, future was stable i guess well, I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, it was going back to school and getting a higher education academic career, you know, like I don't expect that I never um, expected that I would be able to do that forever, um, make a living. I, you can't count on DJ to make a living. Um, some people can, but how long does that last, right? There's no guarantees. There's really no guarantees in life in general, but um, it's good to have backup plans. I personally had to have a backup plan. And um, also, you know, as I said before, I wanted to do something I really was passionate about and I cared about. So, I, which is the same with music. I love music. It's my creative outlet. I couldn't live without it. But I can't rely on that to make a living and support me for the future. So why not you know, have the two. I mean, why not? I can be, you know, a forensic anthropologist and I can be a DJ. You can do whatever you want. You just have to know how to have that balance, you know? And as far as like investments go, only recently have I started investing in like stocks and things. The crypto thing, I don't know, man, not into it. <laughs> it's just too all over the place. It is. It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, hit or miss, you look back and I saw something the other day. It's like the guy, the original story of the guy who said, I'll, I'll give you 25 Bitcoin or something for a pizza. Or it was like <laughs> it's something crazy. And it would have been worth like 4 million, $3 million or something now. Had he not oh got the, yeah. And then you hear about the guy who got, I mean, I'm not trying to do fear based on this, but you hear about the guy who got locked out of his crypto account. I saw that. It's like, <laughs> he got like millions of dollars. He can't get access to it. What you know? the hell? Uh, at least if I go to like Morgan Stanley or I don't even think Morgan Stanley's around or, you know, a stock no. broke, I, I can put my money in the stocks. I can put mm -hmm. stop buy limits on things, you know, so I don't right. lose my ass, yeah, you know, exactly. and I learned a big mistake 20 years ago when I had, you know, a few thousand in Amazon stock that, yeah, mm -hmm. I spent it like a kid. Uh, yeah. Um, but you know, you learn, I, I wish it would have been that thing. I would have said, right. like here, mom, hold on to the safe deposit box key and don't let me touch it for 20 years. You know, right. hindsight when Amazon was $37 a share and hadn't split yet. Right. One.
Yeah. But um, it's well on the past. <laughs> on the past, water on the bridge, you know. So yeah, I mean, right. honestly, you know, I think that's some sound advice: is to make sure you have something to fall back on. Make sure, yeah. you know, it'd be great if everyone could make it. You know, I remember growing up in high school, and it said like the top three jobs, the top three most stressful jobs in like the United States, and one of them was being a professional athlete. You know, and, and making it or being a movie star or being in, in like sales, you know, and you got to go through so many ranks to make it up to be that big, to make it success, successful enough in terms of monetary success. Right, you know, if you're looking right. for money in that aspect, but you can be successful in your career and what you do, you know, yeah. um, but always have something to fall back on, you know, pay the bills, you know, and right. you break your arm, you know, you got medical insurance or, you know, yeah. or crash your car, you know, you're not down and out. So I'm sorry, I'm getting this crazy line down the center of me because the oh, sun yeah. just came out where I'm at. I was, like, yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, I must see the sun. And yeah, and, <laughs> no, it's not like anything, but it's really weird. It just happened to hit right down the center. <laughs> Here, I'm just going to, okay. maybe I can, maybe I can turn this this way. There we oh, go. There we go. Oh, there, there we go. go. All right, okay. cool. Yeah, that was, that's a first. Um, normally I do AM interviews and I've never been here when the sun hit at 6. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, you know, I'm kind of all out of questions for you right now at this point. I know we have mm -hmm. our exclusive mix that's coming up with you um, this Tuesday for Attack the Block. Thank you so much for doing that. And a big shout out to JB and Scuba for helping oh, yes. put that together. We're super excited. We had them on the show um, yes. just recently, and it, it just was a real kick-ass experience and uh, lots of fun. So thank you again for going by um, and, and working with them to help. For, of course producing that with them. We're looking forward to having that stream live here. Is there anything you want to let our DJ sessions know fans know about before we let you get going? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> sunglasses uh, on here in a second. <laughs> Looking kind of bright. <laughs> yeah. It turned off my little studio light now. <laughs> it's the angelic glow of the DJ sessions. That's what's happening. <laughs> oh wait, no, I got it. I'm a okay. twilight vampire. That's my skin turning into diamonds. <laughs> Oh no. You want to let our DJ session fans know about? Um, I mean, I think we've kind of covered it. Awesome. I'm not just a DJ, I do a lot of things. I wear a lot of hats. You can do anything you want. You can DJ and be a forensic anthropologist if you want, apparently. Sounds like a great combination. I love it. Um, I mean, I love it. Yeah. Where can people find out more information about you and what you got going on? Um, so my Instagram is at DJ Roxanne. Twitter is the same handle. Facebook is DJ Roxanne official. Although I'm kind of terrible about updating it. Sorry. If you really want to know what I'm doing, just follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I'm always on there. You know, um, uh, that's the one thing I love about Instagram is that you can, um, if you set it up right, you can publish to Twitter, Instagram, and, and Facebook all in yeah. one. Mm -hmm. um, but, mm -hmm. but something you mentioned there is, is I always tell people this when they get into the business, get your handles and own them all. Yeah. You don't want to get that one out there and then a new service gets started up. And then all of a sudden, like if I had to go grab the DJ sessions uh, official, I'd be like, uh, and I, for some reason, it's funny right. story about that is there's actually Facebook forward slash the DJ sessions. It's out of LA, okay. but the page has not been active for like 10 years. And I don't know if somebody just made it to like spite me or something back in the day. <laughs> I can't get ownership of it. So I have, it's oh, forward no. slash ITV live. The DJ sessions is ours. Oh. 
Um, okay. Everywhere else, we own the DJ sessions. Okay. Oh, one last question. Yes. Have you ever played with, are you a, a fan of or know about Oculus by any chance? Um, I've played with it before. Yeah. Um, are, are, have you looked into anything about doing anything in the VR space? No, but um, my friend that I had mentioned that does the food bank thing and other charitable stuff, mm -hmm. um, he works for a company that does VR stuff for Oculus. So I know he's worked with like Reed Speed and like other DJs doing things, um, having them make like music specifically for things that they're doing. I think mm -hmm. they made like a, I think they made a VR DJ game where you like go in and virtually DJ. There's that a couple of, there's player. a couple out there. I can't remember exactly what that game was called. Um, I remember he did ask myself and uh, Nathan to do, Nathan as an Atlanta connection to do something. Um, but we never ended up doing anything, for example. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> I ended up blocking out the sun. Trying was, to block out the it sun. It just started getting brighter and brighter and brighter. I was like, I've never had that happen before. Yep. <laughs> um, no, uh, the reason why I ask is because I, I know um, some DJs are looking into that. And, uh, you know, we're working on actually building a VR nightclub, a VR environment that basically is like our website, oh, only okay. in VR. And I have my first prototype oh. of my environment. It's there. I just have to get into software and always learning new stuff, right? And yeah. keeping the mind active and learning how to build it. it all. But um, eventually yeah. we'll have this multiplex nightclub, VIP booths and resident right. booths and then offices. And it's oh, something wow. I built a long time ago in, in what was called Second Life. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. Sounds familiar. Years ago. It was like a 2D version of The Sims. But I was just going to ask you, is it, is it like The Sims? <laughs> it, 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 okay. It's kind of like, it, it was really cool, but it was a sandbox environment. So whatever you built inside of it, you own. And there was a lady oh. that actually made a million dollars cold cash selling real estate in Second Life. What? Yeah. And she, yeah, you could, you could wow. set up like shopping malls and everything and people would buy clothes for their avatars. Right. It was just earning people... I worked with a guy at a company and his sister had a mall in Second Life. She'd get $4,000 to $6,000 a month in just residual income of just having that mall just sit there and people wow. going in and buying stuff. Yeah. Maybe so, I should open a virtual mall. <laughs> I'm just saying it's VR, AR. It's going to be very interesting to see how, yeah. you know, you're going to go to concerts and, and I've talked with my friend. We have a, a VR group up here and we're talking about when it gets to the level of putting contact lenses in your eyes, and then you're going to be able to have an AR experience, what your stage presence is going to, is going to be like, because it's going to be all lights and everything, but they can put all that AR elements into, you can actually go right now, like crypto. Uh, and I think it's called NFT. You can go and buy a plot NFT. of land. Yeah. And so I could buy different areas around my city and then I own that and it can never be sold again. And then I, I can right. put whatever it's I want individual. in AR in that land. So I can put up Right. AR billboards. Mm -hmm. So if you're walking through and you pull out your phone, crazy. You, yeah, it's gonna get kind of, kind of like. like report. It sounds like an episode of Black Mirror to me. <laughs> it's it, 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 it's there. It's, it's <laughs> gonna see who's gonna yeah who's gonna take that technology. Um, it's gonna be very interesting. But again, um, we already covered where people can find out, but we find out more information about you. But one more time for our fans. Okay. Um, DJ Roxanne for Instagram. DJ Roxanne for Twitter. DJ Roxanne official for Facebook. Awesome. Roxanne, thank you so much for coming on the show. We look, we're looking so forward to the set uh, coming up here. Thank you for here. having me. Absolutely. And don't forget, 
when you're ready to travel, we want to bring you up here. We want to do a show with you sometime up here in, in, yeah. in the Seattle area. It'd be great. Get Let you in the mobile where. studio and, um, you know, have fun. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw our big glass box truck or not, but uh, the mobile studio, so. it's pretty cool. Oh, no, I don't think so. That's think of it like a big, cool. think of it like a Willy Wonka in the Great Glass Elevator put on the back <laughs> of a truck with a 6,000 oh. watt sound system. Okay. That, yeah. <laughs> like, wait, it's, tell me more. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like a mobile concert. Um, oh, and we wait. drive, we were driving around last night around the city of Seattle. I was going to say, you guys, you guys just drive around. Yeah, we, we can actually drive around and stream live while we do it. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's that's cool. It is, yeah, I came up with that idea a few years ago. And mm-hmm. People are like, you're crazy, Darren. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to do something different. <laughs> I guess that makes you crazy. No, but, um, not really. <laughs> really, not really. Well, thank you again so much. We really appreciate it. Thank and you don't for forget to yeah, Don't forget to go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, hashtag us, the DJ Sessions. This is Roxanne and Darren coming to you live from the virtual studios with Roxanne in LA and Darren, I'm all the way up. I spoke my, said my first name to myself. I don't know why we're at improv. It's all made up <laughs> in the virtual studios and virtual land for the DJ session where the music never stops. <laughs>